Hey, podcast listeners. In today's episode, you're going to hear Katie and myself talk about how we made the decision to choose the church that we just recently chose for for our family to be a part of. Uh, We've moved a handful of times over the last few years, and as a result, we've found new churches. And so it's kind of interesting to evaluate and retrospect the different, uh, I guess, things we've looked for in a church and how those have changed slightly over time, but how some things have really remained steady and constant. And so we're going to share that with you today, and I hope you enjoy it. Hey, I'm Elisha Votberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in families that were fun, impactful, and relationship-rich. Now that we're a family of our own with three young children under the age of three, we're eager to see what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome back. It is the week of Thanksgiving 2020. Here we go. It's the holiday season is happening. I know we talked about that last week, so it's not like we're going to talk any further about that this week, but I do just want to acknowledge that that's about to happen. Yeah, Lysha's carrying the brunt of the small talk for this episode. Usually I have something I like really want to talk about, and I usually, uh, I don't know, feel like I have a vision for this segment. But well, I yeah. literally have nothing to say. Yeah, and I mean, it's not really like an official segment because we don't really have official segments, but it has <laughs> become the small talk portion of the program. Well, I like it because I like to hear other people small talk on their podcasts. Mm. And so I feel like, yeah, it's unofficially official. Like I like to tell you guys like an update or something. But this time, I don't know what it is. I just... I'm literally like, okay, let's start talking about church. <laughs> yeah. The update is we're doing well. The kiddos are healthy. We're healthy and happy. We're loving life in Coeur d'Alene. Okay. That is so boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was more than what you had to offer. That's true. That's true. Okay. So today's topic, Katie and I just decided recently uh, on which church we're going to be attending here in Coeur d'Alene and what we're going to call our church home. And we're really excited about it. We were really intentional when we moved to Coeur d'Alene about visiting as many churches as we felt like we could prior to making a decision on, on what where to call home. And Idaho, and especially North Idaho, is kind of a unique unique place in the U.S. right now and that all the churches, I mean, I think literally like all the churches are open. I haven't heard of any churches that are not open right now. And so we mm-hmm. were able to visit a handful of churches uh, in our first couple of months of living here, and that helped us feel really confident in the church that we settled on. Yeah, it was actually crazy moving over here from Washington State because at the very very distance, (laughs) at the very least, all the chairs were like socially spaced or you you know what I mean, like socially distanced or people had to wear masks. And then it was so bizarre coming into these Idaho churches and you just wouldn't think anything was going on. Yeah. It's just interesting how different demographics reflect 
just different different ideas about the virus so anyways that said though it did feel very comfortable and at home right away Mm. and no one was stiff or uptight or stressed out or scared and that was just a a new perspective coming from where we came from state-wise i guess right yeah but all the churches kind of felt that way everyone that we went to i felt the same way i mean we went to one where there was what 1500 people yeah, that kind of blew my mind, honestly. I know. We're like, where are we? Are we in California? Yeah. It was, <laughs> and we were just packed in there like yeah. sardines. Yeah, that was pretty bizarre. Yeah, so that was one of the churches we visited. We visited, like, I think we ended up going to four different churches, and we went to a couple of them two or three times. Yeah, we were like, okay, we got to really give this one a chance. Yep. Yeah, and then, the, and then just a couple of weeks ago, we decided to call one of one of those churches that we had visited a handful of times. We decided to call that our home. And so we're going to kind of break down for you folks what really made this one stand out and what we were looking for when we were church shopping. I know that's a phrase people use. and Maybe you like it, maybe you don't like it. But <laughs> but you know what I mean by when I say that. You know, we moved to a new area and we were shopping around. We were looking around for what we were going to call our church home and where we were going to call our church home. Uh, and so there were a handful of, you know, there's criteria that we definitely had and that we were looking for going into this. And many of you know that Katie and I have had a kind of a bit of a diverse church experience over the last, well, really our whole marriage. So over the last five years, um, when we were first married in Bend, Oregon, we were a part of, it was a great church, a great biblical preaching, Bible teaching, Bible preaching church. And I was really grateful for it. We came to a point where would you say, Katie, we just felt like we weren't quite getting the um, discipling that we wanted or the connecting that we wanted for that season of life? Yeah, it's kind of interesting to like look back and try to pinpoint exactly what it was because sometimes it, it's hard to do that because there were great people in the church. Mm-hmm. A lot of our friends went there yeah. and still go there mm-hmm. and love it. And we just didn't feel like it was a place where we were able to serve at that stage in life or were getting filled in the way that we desired to be filled and grow at that stage in life. And it was a church where they really did push the home group side of it because it was a little bit bigger. Right. And so the home groups are where you really like connected with people and grew on a more personal level Mm -hmm. probably and were more challenged in your faith in that like one-on-one or like small group situation. But it just, I don't know, it just wasn't right for us. And so we started looking for a different, like something totally different. Yeah. So from that church, we went to a home church. And that, I mean, to me, that feels like it's been the most, um, like that's been the biggest church experience of our marriage so far. Because that was about yeah. two and a half years yeah. that we were there. And we were he- we were heavily involved. We were very connected there. Well, that's how it is at a home church. Yes. If you guys have ever been to a home church, then you know that you are pretty heavily involved or you're missed when you're not there. Right. It's very obvious when you're not there. So this was actually, this wasn't our first experience with home churches. Did you go to one growing up? I all? did. Yeah, you I did? went to one growing up. Yeah. So my family went to a home church just on and off growing up. Sometimes we went to them. Sometimes we went to more traditional churches. It just kind of depended mm-hmm. on that season of life yes. and what my parents thought were best for us as kids and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, so we went 
to a home church, there's a very, I think there's different styles of home churches too. Yeah. Oh, big time. That, <laughs> I mean, that phrase is crazy because like <laughs> in people's brains, a lot of times that automatically means like a cult or like a weird, <laughs> like just subculture of Christianity. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a total, it's a big spectrum. It's a big spectrum. Yeah. yeah. So my grandpa still has a home church going on right now. And I would say Elisha and I went there a couple times mm-hmm. and it was just too, it was formed by a lot of people, I think, who didn't love a traditional church experience. So they didn't really like the structure or the formality of church. They wanted it to be really laid back. Mm-hmm. And it was just a little too laid back for Elisha and I. Yeah. We were like, no, we want like a specific teacher. We want a structure to the service more. Like, yeah, we were just more particular we wanted it to feel more churchy i guess we went there unless like a bible study yeah um so there's like those kinds of home churches that are more just like bible studies where anyone kind of shares a word and um it's a lot more relaxed and then we ended up going to one that was pretty heavily like membership based like you decided whether you were going to go and commit and be a part of the church body or if you weren't yep yeah, and that was really good for us. Again, we it met some a, of our yeah. best friends to this day there at that church. And even though we don't live close to a lot of them, we stay in touch with a lot of them. And and I feel like we're still close with a lot of those people because they were very formid- formidable relationships for us. Yes. I don't know. Formidable? I don't know. Relationships. For, uh, formidable. Formidable. Yeah, they were formidable. They were, I don't know. They were impacting relationships at a for at a formidable time in our life. Yes. And and so I think that they just kind of have a special place in our in our lives. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> they do. And at, just as a result of that close environment, there were probably 8 or 10 families. Mm-hmm. There were several splits in the church as it kept growing and then we couldn't fit in a house anymore, so it split off. And it was really good for a season and Elisha and I just both felt at the same time, this season's coming to a close for us, and we just wanted it to be a smooth transition leaving the church because we just wanted that. Yeah. <laughs> we wanted to maintain all the friendships, all the relationships, but we also felt like, you know, this has been a really good growing season for us, and it's time for us to move on at this point. Yeah, that's right. And at that point, we moved out of Bend. We moved to Centralia, Washington. And we were able to pretty quickly find the church that we wanted to be a part of there. And that was that was a big change from the home church because, I mean, to me it was a big church because I think they've got somewhere like seven or 800 members at the church and two services. And so each service would have anywhere from four to 500 people. And um, it, that felt really different coming from the home church. But we were excited about it. Yeah, we were excited about it. I mean... Something that made it hard and something we look for now in in a church is they're really good about ambiance in that church. And so like the lights would be all dark and it'd be super quiet. And, you know, you just have the stage lights on. And I feel like that's typical with bigger congregations. Yeah. And it's not ideal for kids because you right. like hear the slightest peep. Yes. But what made finding that church so easy is every church that I brought up, this is in a town Elisha grew up and lived his whole life. And so every church I brought up, he knew the history of the pastor, knew why we shouldn't go there, <laughs> knew all the church scandals. No. <laughs> just right off the bat. I'd be like, what about this church? He's like, nope, 
blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It, and just list off 20 reasons why we shouldn't go there. So, I mean, it made researching a church pretty easy because you knew all the small town dirt within about five seconds. Oh, man. <laughs> That's kind of unfortunately true. It is. They were like, it was between this one and then all of Elisha's family and, well, almost all of his family and friends went to another church. Mm-hmm. But we felt it was important for us to just kind of establish ourselves as our own family and just pick a pick a different church yes. we, we hung out with Elisha's family like I, I mean you worked with your dad every day we hung out with them multiple times a week right. we loved that but for our our church experience we just felt like we wanted to be a little bit of our own family there yeah I think that was a good call so we did really know what we were looking for in that when we found that church as well mm-hmm. and we obviously wanted a church that taught the bible and we wanted to be able to have a church that was um this sounds terrible, but because we are kind of in a transition period, moving from Bend to Centralia, I was starting a new job. We wanted to feel the freedom to kind of come and go as our schedule permitted. And something like a home church or a more intentional church doesn't always allow for that. They're there. And I respect that they're serious about whether or not you're going to be a member or whether, you're, you know, are you going to be here? Or are you going to not yeah. be here? And we were at a very, like I said, transitional time in our life where we're moving to a new town, starting a new job. We didn't know how permanent things were going to be. And so we we were looking for a church that we felt like we could get encouraged at, we could encourage other people, but that we could also kind of come and go as we as we chose. And that's not a good thing to look for long term, mm-hmm. but we knew for that season. I don't think we would have stayed at that church had we decided to stay in Centralia long term. We definitely wouldn't have stayed in that mindset. Um, but that's something that I think was kind of funny. It's kind of a funny thing, but that was something that we were looking for. Yeah, no, that's true. We wanted, we didn't really want a lot of responsibility Mm -hmm. to the body because we were just trying to figure life out a little bit there. And we were gone a lot of the weekends. We just like, peace out. We're going back to bend. (laughs) So anyways, that was was good though. It was, I'm real grateful for that time. Yes. It was awesome. And it was cool to kind of have that experience because when we came here to Idaho, there were some things that we were able to learn from both of those church experiences and apply that to how we looked for our next church. And just a practical thing, like what Katie said, we wanted a church that uh, it was very comfortable sitting in the service with our children. And yeah, we've told you guys like why that's important to us. Some people it might be important to some people it might not, but to us, those uh, that was a big thing on our list. Mm-hmm. And... So basically we were looking for a church that didn't try to create that unique of an experience for their audience. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we didn't want the ambiance. We didn't want it to feel more showy because then it's just less like homey Mm -hmm. and harder to have kids involved. Yeah, that's right. And this, this church offers uh, childcare and it's got like children's church. Um, So it's Mm -hmm. definitely optional, but people are also it's like 50 50 half the people have their children in the church with in the service with them and half the people don't. So I kind of like that. It's that little bit of a laid back attitude towards, Oh, you want your kids in church? That's great. If not, that's great too. And so we kind of appreciated that. Yeah. I think. It's awesome. They have the service there. Yep. Like they provide childcare. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. And we also like how they have kids in the service. And I, and this is just like a practical thing, but they have all the lights on in the yeah. in the little congregation there. How many people do you think go? Yeah, that's a good question because there's two services at this church too, and we've only been to the second service, and there's probably like 350 people yeah. at that service. So it's like a good size. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
it bums me out when churches have two services. I know. I know they that need is a to, setback for me too. But it's harder to develop relationships because you don't know who's going to be at what service. Yeah. And you can't count on like that connection. Yeah. But that said, I ran into my midwife at that church. Yeah. That's so fun. You already have connections. Yeah. I had a 30 week ultra. Here's I'm kicking into my small talk now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a, a third trimester appointment today for our baby and she was like I haven't seen you at church and I was like I don't know it just like made me so happy that my midwife goes to the same church that I go yeah. to because I don't know you just you that's know fun. you found someone you connect with yeah exactly <laughs> that's great so some things that we were pretty intentional on when we were looking for churches here in Idaho was of course you go to the doctrinal statement that's a very obvious one and you can kind of find mm-hmm. that on on churches websites and that can be the red flags or it can be, you know, the green light, however you, whatever it says and whatever you're looking for, you can do so much research before you actually go to a church. And so we did that. We went and looked at a, a few different churches, uh, churches, uh, doctrinal statements, and then we decided to start visiting these. And something that we were looking for when we went and visited the church was the type of teaching that's... Uh, Yes, from the Bible, uh, like, like that's a no-brainer for Katie and I. Like the pastor better open up his Bible and teach from the Bible. Yeah, I mean the church we went to that had the congregation of I don't know fifteen hundred. We were in there for forty-five minutes and didn't hear a reference to Jesus, God, or the Bible. He didn't open the, the Bible. Bible. Yeah. I mean, a Bible wasn't up on the even up on the screen. You know, sometimes they'll throw like a text up on the Yeah, that was actually kind of mind-blowing. Projector. Because again, we looked at the doctrinal statement, we're like, "Oh, this church sounds like it could be really awesome." And we visited it, and I had always heard people joke about like TED Talk sermons, you know, sermons that could have been a TED Talk or could have but you couldn't really tell if it was a sermon or a TED Talk. And that was one of those experiences where I was like, wow, this could have been a secular lecture or a secular conference or a secular workshop and been just, and, and the audience would have been just as comfortable, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, the topic was on mental health and it really felt like it could have just been a mental, a completely secular mental health talk. Yeah. So that was kind of, I mean, that was a clear like, well, this isn't the right church for us. Yeah, so obviously we want the Bible to be preached, and even more intention, more so than just the Bible preached, we really enjoy expository teaching. And so when teachers and, and preachers decide to go book by book through the Bible, there's a comfort knowing that they're not going to just skip over uncomfortable verses or you know unpopular topics. And I, that brings me comfort, that they're willing to just go through book by book, verse by verse, through the Bible, and, and exposit it, you know, go through and really break down what it says and what it means. And so that's something that this church does, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, as opposed to, I would say, you know, maybe a contrast that to topical teaching where people do use the Bible, but they kind of jump around based off of a cultural topic or just a topic they feel their church might want to hear or need to hear. And there's nothing, I don't think, inherently wrong with those things. And a lot of the churches that we've been to have been mostly expository and then we'll do an occasional topical uh, sermon based off the times or something. Um, And so I don't think that that's wrong, but I do just appreciate that when people are intentional about teaching in an expository manner, you know, they're not going to skip out on some uncomfortable or, you know, unpopular passages. Well, I think it's also helpful because you're getting the whole context of where a verse is coming from yes and so it's harder to skew the text right because 
if you're sitting right there and you're reading your Bible and you see the whole context this is in, it's really hard. Well, it's not really hard. It's harder for it to be misapplied. Yes. And I think that I didn't realize the importance of this until I got married to you, Elisha. And you mentioned that you just really liked expository teaching, really liked expository teaching. And I think my experience was mainly with topical teaching. Hmm. Aside from like my dad would read through chapters of the Bible, books of the Bible with mm-hmm. us as a family. So I feel like we did get that. Hmm. But most of the churches we went to were topical. Hmm. And then like most of the Bible studies you get, especially women's Bible studies are totally topical. Mm. So you're just pulling verses from all over. I feel like, like here on this podcast, we're topical. Right. You know, we talk yeah. about a topic sure. and we like we go find the verses. pull out yeah. 15 verses. And like, that's why I would always encourage you guys to like go read the actual passages uh, because it's hard to tell if someone is just pulling that context out of thin air. Right, to use and, it for their... And patching the verse yeah. in where they think it should fit. Yep. And it's like, oh, well, you know, Paul had a completely different message in mind, yeah. people group in mind, Yeah. you know, Yes. all of that. Yep. Um, so anyways, I think there is a lot of safety in that expository teaching. Yes. And not getting too far off from what the original text intended the scripture to mean. That's right. Yeah, I I 100% agree. And then one thing that we wanted in addition to the expository teaching is that we wanted a church that really was gospel-centered and really grasped the gospel in such a way where they were, you felt it every Sunday. And that doesn't mean like a, just an altar call gospel presentation um, every Sunday. But, you know, I just really believe that if you're teaching expository, yes, there's 66 different books in the Bible, but it's one coherent message. And when teachers are able to exposit the scripture for the context that it's in, but then also keep it in the con, yeah, which, sh- which should be in the context of those 66 books and this overarching message of Jesus Christ. And this church that we've, I just, I am so grateful for the way that this pastor does just that. He'll be in the middle of you know, one of the minor prophets or in the middle of wherever, you know, he'll be in the middle of a book that you might not think has gospel implications and he'll be teaching it in a very step-by-step way, but then bring it into the context of the book, which is in the Bible, which is a part of this gospel message. Um, And so I'm really grateful that he makes an effort to do that because I think that that's a real unique skill. And I also think there's a lot of expository teaching, which I'm always grateful for that sometimes isn't able to do that as much. And the gospel always eventually comes, gets out because if you read verse by verse, you can't help (laughs) but eventually see it. Um, But the fact that he's every Sunday, regardless of what the text is, you're able to leave worshiping God for his finished work. And I'm really grateful for that. And it took me a while to understand what Elisha said. Like he's said, since we first got married, I want a church that preaches the gospel, that focuses on the gospel. And honestly, this killed me, which sounds terrible. But what I associated with what I thought the gospel was, like I had a very small understanding of the gospel, and I thought it was an altar call. Like I thought it was like a evangelical church where you're giving the opportunity for someone to publicly announce their faith in Christ or hmm. publicly pray a prayer. And I've gone to a lot of churches where at the end, you know, they do the run through that Jesus died for your sins and you can, 
accept him Mm. and come to the front kind of moment. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like, okay, 99% of us in here are all Christians. Mm. Why are we doing this? Like, like why, or like sometimes the whole message would be that way. It Mm. would feel like the whole message was for someone who had never heard of Christ before Mm -hmm. and is getting it laid out for the first time. And even though, yes, those things are so powerful and yes, we should remember them and communion. So important for that. I just felt like I was never getting fed as a believer or like going deeper in my faith. And when I guess when we watched the American gospel, those documentaries, that's when my eyes were open to how, wow, how powerful the whole gospel is and how Christ's work affects my life on a daily basis as a blood bought believer. Mm. And it's just how that focus never gets old. It's not a coming to Christ in this, accepting what he's done for you it's putting the focus on christ and what he's done and walking in that Mm -hmm. and i feel like i still don't know how to fully explain it but i know that when i leave the sermons at the church where we're at my focus is on god and what he's done Mm. it's not on me and how this applies to my life in a very self-help kind of way which elisha's pointed out i mean this might sound mean, but you pointed out that that has been a weakness in my faith is deciding a sermon or, you know, uh, some kind of teaching on God's word is only helpful if I can take away, you know, three steps to better my salvation or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a common, common thing. And we're, I I love like self-help practical tips. We all do. Humans do. Uh, but I really do think that as Christians, we need to, I just love, like you said, that when you leave this church service, you're worshiping God for what he's done. Mm -hmm. You're not looking at your list of, okay, there's, here's three better ways to be a better wife, or here's five ways to be a better coworker. And those are all good things. That's why people teach on them, but they're not the gospel. The gospel Mm -hmm. isn't five steps to be a better employee or to be a better father. The gospel is a hundred percent, the work of God and of Jesus Christ. And look at how this transforms every part of your life when you believe it and walk in it. And when your eyes are focused on God and when they are focused on the work he's done and the work he's continuing to do, it's just, it just changes your perspective on everything. It changes my perspective on everything. And it's not this adding Jesus to my life. Mm. It's I leave in awe and in worship and in praise of who God is, mm-hmm. which really just makes my view of earth so, you know, it grows dim. Yeah, <laughs> like that's right. Like Graham says, it grows strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Mm-hmm. That's right. So anyways, I guess I've really come to appreciate that and know better, even though I can't articula- articulate it very well what a gospel centered church is. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean seeker friendly. Right. Yes. And I think that's how I associated hmm. the two. Right. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um and I don't think I realized how much how important that was to me until I think I was away from it for a little while. And then I think finding this church has been just such a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. and so encouraging and just so it, it grows my faith and it grows my faith in God and like you said, you just leave worshiping. And I really do think that that's, 
you know, I, that I think somebody said that, that the point of, you know, the, the end result of a good church service should be with you worshiping God, you know, mm-hmm. not just thinking about, oh, great, now I'm going to do better in life, or now I've got more tools and how to be a better person, um, and just very self-focused. You know, your focus is really on God when, when it's gospel-centered. Mm-hmm. So those are the things. Something else that's just a nice little cherry on the cake is that these people are really friendly. It's such, oh, yeah. I mean, they're just great. It's, again, I can't say that like Katie and I are going to find our new best friends there. I don't, I don't know if that's the case, but. I feel like for the most part, yeah, it's an older demographic, mm-hmm. not like ancient, Mm-mm. but like starting maybe like 37, 38. Yeah. And then going to older mm-hmm. people, at least the service we go to. Again, yeah. there might be some younger families in the morning service if we can ever get ourselves there on time (laughs) but and and again it's not like people you walk in you're just like oh this is like my demographic Mm. like this is who i'm going to connect with but i think that's the cool part of just fellowshipping with christ's body Mm -hmm. is you're able to connect on this level of of faith yeah and belief in the finished work of christ and all these people there's so many of them have the joy of the lord Mm. and i think that's what's so powerful you go in there and you just feel this joy Mm. and this lightheartedness and you're just excited to be around that well yeah i agree and that's i mean that's just attractive obviously to anybody but especially when you are excited about the same thing you're like wow the thing that you're stoked about is the very thing i'm really excited about too yeah and it's funny because we went to a couple other churches that we were like okay like we'd actually probably connect with these people better. Like they're Mm -hmm. more our age, they're more our stage of life and maybe more our style, Mm -hmm. but it just, it wasn't the same, Mm -hmm. like the same presence and the same joy that we wanted to be around. So yeah, that's a big plus. We feel like you're coming home to like a family reunion. Yes. And we've only been there a few times. That's right. And I will say actually one more bonus thing is that the music is great. The worship is just so, it, they're very intentional with their worship and structuring it in a way that's, um, you know, kind of going through starting with God and who he is and then who we are before the, you know, as fallen men and who we are because of Christ's salvation. You know, they really go through an intentional way really? of putting the songs together uh, for every service. And so I really appreciate that. Elisha knows stuff like this because he's led worship before and because, yeah, because I, I never noticed that pattern. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I always appreciate that. <laughs> that's anyways, cool. that's that. Yeah, so anyways, we're really grateful. Yes, really grateful, what, really excited. What's the name of the church? Because I know I'm going to get questions on sure. this. We have a lot yeah, of I hope people. I say this right. I think it's Hayden Bible Church. Hayden Bible Church. Yeah, because people will also ask like the no- denomination. I think it's non-denominational. I think so too. But I'm not, yeah, I think it's non-denominational. So. Yeah, yeah. so there you go. I'm trying to think of this the stats yeah (laughs) yeah i know hayden bible church you can google it and find all the reasons why we should not be going there no i'm joking (laughs) i'm joking (laughs) don't do that that. uh right on you guys i hope you have a great thanksgiving thank you so much for listening and i'm excited to talk to you next week Bye. bye